Hi, friend. You are listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, a podcast created especially for someone who's not sure about relationship with Jesus Christ. My name is Janelle Wood, and while I have a background in counseling and ministry with women, the truth is I've been through my own seasons of questioning my faith. So if you've ever struggled with not being sure where you belong, or you felt like you were faking faith, or maybe a friend just shared this episode with you and you are feeling a little wounded or skeptical of all things God-related right now, welcome. This podcast is just for you. Finding Something Real is about a journey towards restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. My passion is Jesus Christ, and for me now, After having been through some real ups and downs on my own faith journey, I believe Christ is the hope and the answer to this world more than ever. But don't take my word for it. Listen to my friends as they share their own grace-filled journeys with you. My prayer is that if you haven't already, you'll find something real too. Well, welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This is your host, Janelle Wood. And I am so glad that you've been listening to season five, where every month we've been featuring a different young woman's story and questions or objections to faith. And so far, um, as we've been doing that, we've also been inviting Christian guests on um, in following uh, weeks to address uh, each young woman's individual questions. And um, I've been loving that format. Uh, It's something we kind of started last year with season four. And now here we are in season five, and I'm just delighted to be able to um, to talk with so many wonderful people, including each month the young women that I get to have here on this podcast. And today is a very special one. In fact, I just have to tell you that this is the first in-person, um, no Zoom uh, like interface uh, call. Um, we're we're actually recording with two mics across from the table here. She's actually in the quote-unquote studio with me, which is the kitchen table. Um, But I'm here joined today with my German exchange daughter, Leonie. And Leonie, I am so glad that you are here. Thanks for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm so glad you're here because um, I, I remember the very first time that we talked with you. I don't know. Do you remember that conversation? The first FaceTime? The very first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were so sweet. And I remember you said something about, I found your podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> like, I kind of felt like a spy. Yeah. I mean, I would do that, too. I would totally, mm-hmm. like, know if someone had a podcast because you got to investigate. But anyway, I was a little like, oh my gosh, she knows uh, who I am already. And I said, which one did you listen to? And do you remember which one it was? I think it was the one with your previous exchange daughters. Yes. The Christ- wasn't it yes. Christmas Yes, Christmas, uh, yeah, 2020. Yeah. And so anyway, and then a little while later, you said something about, um, why do you guys host? And I thought, oh, this girl knows already, like... <laughs> Because in that podcast episode, if you haven't listened to it, Fred, one of the things that I got to do was sit around with all, and this was over Zoom, I uh, got to sit around with um, the girls that have lived here previously, and, and Nora, who hasn't lived here, but has um, a piece of our hearts. 
And uh, I asked them, do you think my podcast is all about Jesus? And uh, they all said yes. So uh, Leonie's here. And how long have you been living with us now, Leonie? Five, five months. Five months. Are yeah. we already like on the downward? It's like over half time right now. Oh my gosh. So we're recording this while she's still here. And we still have like a really good length of time left. It's gone by really fast, Mm -hmm. but um, hopefully, Lord willing, when this airs, um, I mean, it will be, it will be later on and she probably won't be here and, and not hopefully she won't be here, but hopefully, you know, uh, things will go as planned and this will air then. But I, I just can't imagine that you've been such a huge blessing in our lives and Leonie, I was so nervous about you coming and... Because um, I was an only child. Because she's an only <laughs> child. <laughs> and what did you come to? You didn't come to a home with, I mean, where you were the only child anymore. Nope. Four siblings yeah. and a dog. <laughs> <laughs> four but younger siblings. Four younger siblings yeah. and a dog. Ages six, eight, ten, and twelve. And you you do have a cat at home, so I feel like that part is even, yeah, right? Yeah, Lovey's like a cat. Okay, yeah, yeah. Lovey the dog is like a cat. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> don't tell Brian. My husband hates dog or hates cats. Um, but how different has it been being here? Um, so the biggest difference is that I'm not able to sleep in anymore. <laughs> but besides that, we have a lot of fun together. Oh my god! And like. I love playing board games and card games and everything. And now I finally have people to play with. <laughs> well, that's true. An endless supply of people to play with. Yeah. Yeah. And um, even today when she got home from school, when all the kids got home from school, two of them ran downstairs and were sitting outside your room. And it was so funny because you found out that one of the kids, was it my youngest, Hana? Yeah. Okay. She was talking about Hansel and Gretel. Mm -hmm. Do you want to tell that story? What happened in the car today? (laughs) So it's a German fairy tale, like from two German brothers. Mm -hmm. Um, It's famous. I'm sure there's no one listening who's not familiar with that story. I would think almost everyone. So we don't have to tell the story. Well, you you could tell a little bit of it because I'm sure it's been told differently here in the U.S. I think. Yeah, I think it depends on the person telling the story. So it's about. A brother and a sister and their parents kind of tried to send them away into the woods because they didn't have enough money to feed them. Hmm. And so the brother, (laughs) he brought bread with him and he took the breadcrumbs and like every step they made into the woods, he kind of let like breadcrumbs fall onto the ground so they find their way back home but they forgot that they're like ravens and birds and everything who eat the breadcrumbs so they got lost it's a very sad story that i'm pretty sure we americanized and changed because in the car when you found out that oh hana has heard this story Mm -hmm. you started to tell it and hana had to interrupt you and retell it multiple times because the parents weren't that bad and it didn't really go as bad as what you were saying. Mm-hmm. And so I saw you like an hour later, the kids, two of my kids were downstairs sitting outside your bedroom, listening to you. And I said, what's going on? And you were retelling the story. <laughs> yeah, about the original version. Yeah. <laughs> so in the Americanized version, do they push the witch into the oven in the end <laughs> and like kill her? I think so. Okay. 
I don't remember That's like exactly. the most important part, I guess. But there were a lot of fairy tales that were like usurped by Disney. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of those German fairy tales. Yeah. I know. They got, you know, yeah. There's always a happy ending. I'm not sure that one ever got a happy ending over here. Yeah. But in Hannah's mind, my six-year-old's mind, it did. And she was not going to listen to you tell the true no, story. No, Yeah. But I was chuckling today because it really feels like um, you've become part of our family. In fact, I even yelled at you because the door was left <laughs> I open. I didn't, know it was you. <laughs> I didn't know it was but you. I didn't know it was you. But I learned quickly. <laughs> I closed it. And my kids were so excited. It's Leone. <laughs> and um, that was hilarious. So, Leone, I could go on and on about you. You've, uh, I mean... This girl, she knows how to cook. She cooks the most beautiful things and, and bakes the most beautiful things. Uh, your presence has just been a delightful, um, calming presence in this home. And, um, yeah, I'm very, very grateful um, to you. call grateful you our you guys. <laughs> <laughs> our fifth exchange daughter. Um, we've been so blessed with all of our girls. And, um, yeah, anyway. I uh, I just love you. So um, will you tell whoever's listening a little bit more about you besides the fact that you came to this crazy American home? So my name is Leonie. I am from Berlin, Germany. I'm 18 years old. I graduated last year. Um, and I'm currently <laughs> on exchange in Washington. Um, and doing another year after you already finished. Another senior year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll graduate like twice in total. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, what do you want to do when you're back home? I would like to go to university and study psychology to become a psychologist or like a therapist. Um, what else? Mm-hmm. What do you love to do? What are some of your hobbies? Um, I kind of realized that I'm really into puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm and really very good at them. Puzzles now. Um, I love like cooking and baking, doing things with friends. I started with reading again, but so the sad thing actually is since my life was like centered around school the last couple of months, I didn't really know what my hobbies were. Mm. Like I kind of got to know myself more since I've been in America because I have more time Mm -hmm. and it's been amazing (laughs) like sometimes always like sometimes also really like overwhelming because you kind of find out all like these things about yourself that you didn't know before yeah but it's been good yeah well it's funny that you've had more time here because like we just were talking about there's been four little They're not as little anymore. Two of them are are more (laughs) middle-aged kids. But, you know, a bunch of kids in your life now who want your attention and want uh, your time. In fact, we've been watching MacGyver at night, (laughs) the 1980s version, which is classic, by the way, if you're not familiar. And um, maybe they should know that I hate old movies. She hates old movies. And apparently MacGyver is old. I did not know that. Um, we're trying to talk her into it. Last night, MacGyver almost died, and he didn't even care. I mean, <laughs> like it's when there's so many more like seasons and episodes afterwards, it's just obvious that he will survive. Like, <laughs> it's too 
all the fun was like he got poisoned <laughs> he got poisoned but he's MacGyver <laughs> like <laughs> he'll figure something out yeah we can't we can't get her to like any of the old things but we keep trying we keep trying with you um so thanks for being so patient I know. <laughs> we're gonna find something yeah. by the end of the year um so anyway let's pivot here for a second you agreed to come on the podcast and i remember uh just a couple months ago uh, i think it was in november we had a little meeting here talking about season five you were a huge part of that you created breakfast we sat down with some different girls from different backgrounds we sat in here and we talked about what this season would look like and immediately after that meeting, I think I, I, I believe it was right after that, I, I asked you, um, Leonie, would you come on the podcast and do this with me? And I think it was then that you told me that you would do it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but when I sent out the reminder at the beginning of this month, you were one of the last ones <laughs> to actually book a time to meet yep. with me. So tell me, what was, what was that about? Um. <laughs> So I like the conversations that we have about God and everything, but I was just really, I'm a perfectionist and I don't like making mistakes, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to language. (laughs) So I was just afraid that I would like say something wrong and wouldn't be like happy with what I said. Mm -hmm. So that's the reason I kind of like, Try to do it yeah, at the end of January or something. Well, I've loved, first of all, your English is perfect. <laughs> Second of all, I've loved our conversations about God. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, thank you for like pushing that perfectionism aside. I know it's really hard for you. Um, I know it means a lot to you. Yeah. Well, it does. I think... You girls are why I do this, right? I mean, you may never listen to this, but it's out there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, six months from now when you're back in Germany, maybe you'll go, I think I might just take a listen to that craziness that Janelle had me do with her. You know, who knows? And we always say make memories, right? And so, we're making a memory. Yeah. We're making a memory. Why not? That's what Lou, always, Lou from Italy always says to me. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so... um, Tell me a little bit about your faith background. Um, I know you filled out a survey, and we can go back to those Mm -hmm. uh, answers here in a minute if you want. But, um, And I already know the answer to some of these questions. But tell me about any type of religious background or or not that you had growing up in Berlin. So to be honest, like right now is the the first time ever I've been like so close to people who believe in God um, or like so my family back in Germany my dad he's an atheist 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 yeah and um, my mom I don't know if she believes in God or not so she wanted me to get um, baptized so um, I was baptized when I was pretty young um, just that she wanted me to have the opportunity to join a church later if I wanted to um but my family like my whole family from my mom's and dad's side they never like showed that they believe in God they never prayed we never went to church together or something 
Um, the only time we went to a church was on Christmas every single year, but it was more like nobody wanted to go. It was more like, okay, we have to go, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty sad um, yeah. because I think that faith is nothing that you should force. Mm-hmm. Um, and also churches in Germany are really, really different compared to how they are here. Um, it's really like, I think it's, if you're not, if you don't believe in God, churches are nothing that make you like more interested in getting to know him. Just because you you have those really old buildings, you have, you don't really have songs where you can like actually hear the lyrics. It's just everything is really high pitched and you have the, is it called organ? the mm-hmm. yeah instrument um and then it's just you you have this big old building you have wooden benches you just have like old people around you singing those way too high songs you can't understand a word mm-hmm. and just for like a kid growing up church is not really something interesting and it's not really easy to follow the priest and everything so I was never really interested in um, learning more about faith and Christianity and um, all that stuff. But what I did was in elementary school, I went to like a religious religion class. And our teacher, she um, taught us some stories out of the Bible. But that was it. Like we never really like worshipped God or prayed or something so Mm -hmm. I haven't really experienced a lot of um yeah faith I would say yeah so I don't really have like a huge background yeah no I well you have your background which is exactly what we're talking about here um how about any friends did you have any friends growing up who were Christians or religious in any way? Um, I have one friend um, who is a Christian. Maybe I have more that are Christians, but she prays and she reads the Bible and um, she talks to God. And it was just always really beautiful to see how much it gives her. Mm. Like that someone is there like, watching out for her and that if she struggles with something that she has someone to reach out to and I don't know like we went on a trip to Croatia after my graduation and that was the first time I saw her like praying and reading in the bible and all that um, stuff and it was just really beautiful to see how much it gives her Mm -hmm. so that was like the first time we really had like a conversation about it and um but she she grew up in a christian family so she was like used to that um and i wasn't like for me it was always really hard to understand how someone can believe in something that you cannot see Mm -hmm. yeah but it was always like really interesting to me yeah so tell me what it's been like over the last five months living here and how 
that has changed or impacted your perception of faith? Um, so I think it's it's really beautiful to see, like with as with my friend, how much the faith gives you, um, and how much it influences like how you treat others and how your kids treat others and it's just a different kind of love that I experience here and I think it has a lot to do with your faith like that you should respect others treat others with kindness and that however you like with your kids for example I think you told them in the car several times that they should represent your family and if they represent your family they also kind of represent god mm-hmm. it's just very very special and a different kind of love and it's really just beautiful to see like when you pray every single day with the kids um how much love is invo- involved so sometimes so since I've been here I kind of wish that I would believe in God but there's just something that keeps me from it because I need I'm very like scientific so I need proof for everything and if I cannot prove something it's not real for me Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah well, and I, I want you to be completely honest about that because, I mean, for whoever's listening to this right now, if you're a Christian, um, did you grow up in an atheistic uh, worldview, you know? And if you did, what, what led you to the Lord? Um, I, I think that there's a story there, right? It doesn't just happen overnight like, oh, <laughs> maybe it did for somebody mm-hmm. out there, you know, in uh, the last 2,000 years. But I think most of us have a journey it's a journey to faith and, and maybe you aren't a Christian. You're listening to Leonie's story and you're thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm along with her. I, I would need proof. I would need something more, um, than what I know now. Um, we talked about this last week, but have you started reading that book that I lent you? I'm still in Redeeming Love. Oh, she's reading Redeeming (laughs) Love. That's just as good by Francine Rivers. We're going to go see the movie pretty Mm -hmm. soon. Yeah. But she, she agreed to read it. What book is it? What book did I give you? A uh, case for faith or a case for Christ? Yeah, case by for Lee Strobel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Lee Strobel, if you're listening to this, maybe you need to come on the podcast. Um, <laughs> I may have to cut that out. Anyway, um, yeah, I, we won't get into all of the things that we've talked about. I want to get to um, some of the things that are maybe standing in your way as far as you can tell, Mm -hmm. like from an intellectual standpoint. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes it's hard to know exactly what's standing in our way when it comes to different things. Like as we go further along in our journey, sometimes we go, oh, I thought it was that, but actually it's this thing over here too. (laughs) Um, But you have some great questions that you brought up and I'm just really appreciative of them. And the first one we've talked about, um, and I think this might be the one that you were telling Brian and I the other day, I wasn't satisfied with your answer. Mm -hmm. Um, But the question is, how can it be fulfilling to know that you are never good enough for God, that you're never perfect? Share with me a little bit about that question. So the background of that is that, so currently 
there's like this self-love movement and you should accept yourself who you uh, how you are and that you should love yourself and everything but then when you believe in god you always say that he's perfect but that you would never be as perfect as god and like those two things like loving yourself and then never being good enough it's just like the complete opposite mm -hmm. and like for me it's been really really important to put myself first and to love myself how i am um and then someone telling me that you can never be good enough for god isn't it frustrating on the one hand i can understand that um it's like when you when you say that you're never good enough for god or that he's perfect but you aren't that you always try to become the best version of yourself um which is good in my opinion because then you try to like be yeah as perfect as possible but on the other hand i think it can be really frustrating to know that you're never good enough it doesn't matter how hard you try mm. so that was like a question that was like stuck in my head and we had like a two-hour conversation about that actually it which by the way was like one of my favorite conversations of all time we had like a little coffee date in the pretty room over here and we sat down and i went away from that conversation i had a podcasting meeting after that with some other podcasters and it was really interesting because they were asking about i don't remember what it was but i think it was my turn to share a little bit about stuff and i shared about that conversation And I just said, that is my, like my favorite thing is having conversations like that. Um, I think there's a great conversation to be had about that question. You and I have had a good one and it wasn't quite what you were looking for. Um, so we'll have somebody else on here to address it. You did, you did pretty good I like, explaining it to good. me, but it was, that was just something that well, wasn't completely satisfying. I think too, like when I, I look at what you filled out here on your survey, who or what inspires you? You said people who focus on themselves mm -hmm. and follow their own dreams, regardless of what other people think. Um, and I think that kind of goes into that self-help, mm -hmm. uh, self-love movement, right? Mm -hmm. So it is like complete, yeah. there's an opposition in your flesh, right, to, mm -hmm. to that. Mm -hmm. Because it is, and there should be. Let's just be real, right? Like, I think that for all of us, there's an opposition in yeah. us. Yeah. Because it is exactly opposite of how we naturally are inclined like wanting to figure it out in ourselves so and there's something i would add to that now um i thought about this today so when you believe in god you put him first right mm -hmm. well that's the that's the general idea <laughs> yeah yeah like yeah <laughs> we, we so, failed sorry. but yeah <laughs> yeah but i personally think that you should put yourself first And that's also like a contrast, yeah. you know? It's the same question. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to have somebody on to talk okay. about that. Yeah. I think that's, it's a huge topic. And um, I'm really grateful. That, because to be honest, in a lot of Christian um, circles right now, that's become a huge thing because <laughs> it is such a prevalent uh, global movement <laughs> in the Western world anyway. Self-love and self-care. If 
you go to a Christian bookstore, you'll see a bunch of stuff about that too. Well, how do we balance that with a God who said, deny yourself mm-hmm. and follow me? Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. there, is, there should be a conflict a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for pointing it out. And uh, the next question I have here, you said, can you just, or can't you just believe in God without following all those rules? Or would that be considered as not being a good Christian? Mm-hmm. Tell me what you mean by that. Um, it's also connected to the thought I just had that you put God before anyone else and before yourself and that you kind of dedicate your life to follow God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just thinking, can't you just believe in God and not dedicate, dedicate your entire life to the faith mm-hmm. because if I would ever believe in God I don't want my entire life to just be focused on one thing mm-hmm. y- you know what mm-hmm. I mean like I I still want to have like a, f- a free life independent life sounds not really like fitting in that case but I mean, if you believe you can still mm-hmm. have like a free will, it's not, you know. Um, but I cannot imagine dedicating my life to someone. Yeah. My entire life. Yeah. And I was wondering if you can still be like a good Christian um, if you don't dedicate your entire life to mm-hmm. God. If you don't, if you still believing in God and being a good Christian, even though you don't dedicate your whole life to that and don't follow all of the like 10 commandments, Mm -hmm. for example, Mm -hmm. we can definitely have somebody on here to talk about that. Um, I think it's such a good question, Leonie, because, um, and I think you and I have had conversations about like uh, how culturally like mm-hmm. normalized it is here to believe yeah. in God. Yeah. Um, but can you be a, a strong follower of Christ and not look like him? Mm-hmm. You know, not like surrender a bunch because of things. Yeah. I think that faith is something really personal. Mm-hmm. Um, and one problem that I have is that if you say, if you tell someone, okay, I'm a Christian, everyone has a certain image in their heads. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't like like it when people have like a certain image of something and then you feel like you have to fit in something or like you have to like fulfill their expectations. Yeah. Um, like, for example, we talked about can you be like a good Christian even though you have sex before marriage? Mm-hmm. And that's just one thing. Mm-hmm. And like all those things, if if you tell someone I'm a Christian, people immediately think that you dedicate your entire life to God. And I was just wondering if if it's possible to be like a good Christian or like a yeah, good follow follower of God even though you don't fulfill all those expectations yeah that people have mm-hmm. because 
as I said, what's really fascinating to me is how much faith people give. Yeah. Like, how much love and everything. Yeah. I remember we recently had a conversation about that, too. Mm -hmm. And we talked about uh, you being a vegetarian and giving up meat. Mm -hmm. And you do that not because someone told you, but because you love the animal, mm -hmm. right? And how I think we, we, I tried to use that as some sort of allegory mm -hmm. of what it's like when you follow Jesus. Um, it's not, if you do it out of the rules, you're right. It becomes this legalistic like box mm -hmm. that you're boxed mm -hmm. into. If you do it because it's out of love for him and it comes out of love and not out of yeah. a bunch of rules yeah. that you're trying to follow, um, it's different. And I, I've been there. I remember as a young woman not wanting to put a fish symbol on my car because mm -hmm. I didn't want people to know I was a Christian when mm -hmm. I was driving and cutting people off in traffic. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. So I get the question, and I think it's a good one. Mm -hmm. I think it's a really good one. Um, okay. So the last question you have here is, how can you dedicate your life to something when you don't know if it really exists? If Christ is real, it's worth seeking him. But if he isn't, you've lived your life in a big lie. Tell mm -hmm. me about that. Yeah, that's so the last part of the question is something that you told me. Mm -hmm. um, because as I said, like, for example, with being a vegetarian, I can see the animals. I can see that they suffer. And that's the reason I decided to not eat them. But with God, I cannot see him how do i know that he is real and so i remember you telling me that if jesus was real or if he is real um everything that he had done is like so important that it's worth seeking him and it's worth following him um, and getting to know him better but if you if he wasn't real everything was just a lie and if you, so, you know, every day you get up and you can choose whether you want to follow God or not. Like, it's a decision that you make. Mm -hmm. And I was just wondering, like, don't you need, like, a confirmation, like, every single day to know, okay, what I'm doing is real. Mm -hmm. Like, God is real. I dedicate my life to something that is real for me. But what's your proof? Mm -hmm. Like. Yeah. I even though it's like a something that you maybe it's like a proof for yourself just like a little tiny thing every single day but I think you need something that kind of makes you choose God every single day right mm -hmm. yeah I, I think that's a great question a great point like you know in a marriage to somebody they don't have to prove themselves every mm -hmm. single day because they have a track record, right? And I think that, you know, when I look in the Bible and it talks about the Israelites, God's people, um, a lot of times when something happened and they had an experience, a really close experience with God, um, God would have them put like, I think it's called, my friend Katie talks about this, like an Ebenezer stone, like a stone of remembrance to mark the spot where God met them. 
And so sometimes, I don't know if you've noticed in the car, sometimes with the kids, I'll talk a lot about the things that we're thankful for, the things that Mm -hmm. God has done, or even when we're doing Sundays here, Mm -hmm. when we're not going to church somewhere else. Um, Because I want them to remember, and I want to remind myself of the things that God has done in my life. Um, We'll have somebody on to talk more in depth on this and have a conversation. I don't normally... I try not to push back too much and like give you a bunch of Christian answers to a bunch <laughs> of different things. Uh, but because you and I have a close relationship, uh, I feel compelled to just say um, there's a long conversation to be had on that question as well. And maybe we can still do that one because I don't think we've talked about that one yet. No, nope. I think that one's new. Yep, it is. Oh, good. Well, now we're going to have another coffee date. <laughs> I did want to ask you one final question before we move mm-hmm. on to the last one. Two things, actually. Um, I asked you about the Christian church, and you said sometimes believers make you feel like you can't be a good human if you don't believe in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you feel offended or feel like you would have to justify why you don't believe um, and that Christians would judge you for your opinion. Tell me about that. Um, so sometimes I didn't go to church with you a lot, I know, but... Um, I think it was, yeah, no, three times, three times, three times, actually. So one time I know I'm not judging you. I'm not judging you for not going to church. (laughs) (laughs) I sure hope this isn't me. (laughs) No, it's not. So one time, um, the pastor talked about being a good human and that God kind of gives the rules or like the um what the bible says kind of tells you what is wrong or right like what is wrong to do and what is right to do Mm -hmm. um and he also said if if you don't have god who tells you um whether your behavior or what you just did was is good or bad like otherwise we can make the rules and um like, I don't know if I say, okay, stealing something is a good thing, then that's my opinion, and then I justify stealing. And for me, I just felt really, like, personally attacked because I thought, okay, just because I don't believe in God, it doesn't mean that I'm a bad person. Right. It doesn't mean that I cannot decide whether something is good or bad. Right. Like, I sometimes I just kind of feel that I have to justify why I don't believe Mm -hmm. and that I'm not a bad person or I think I'm not a bad person (laughs) because I, I don't read in the Bible or I don't pray. Yeah. I remember going to a youth group one time and there was a young girl and, and she loved God, but she said something and, uh, our other exchange, student was there and her friend and she said something about um it was kind of along those lines like um I'm so glad I have God because otherwise you know I'd be a terrible person or something like this it was something just she wasn't thinking um and I don't think she said it quite like that but it was hurtful and I remember um you know talking with our student at the time or um and uh that really bothered her for Mm -hmm. the same reason And I think it's really important if you are a Christian listening to this, um, that you think about that because 
I mean, I have to say, and I, I've been a Christian, uh, you know, most of my life, um, some of the most welcoming, nice people I've ever met in my entire life are not uh, Christians. Um, so if it was all about just being nice and being good people, um, I mean, <laughs> and being rule followers, quote unquote, um, you're going to find a lot of that elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not what Jesus was all about. Mm-hmm. Um, not just about being nice. Um, so it's something that I think, uh, and as a Christian, I apologize that that, that was your experience. Um, because I think that that pastor was probably trying to say something else that maybe just came out a little differently. Um, or, or maybe it just wasn't, you know, I don't know, but, um, following Jesus isn't just about being good. Mm -hmm. Um, in fact, I I would say it's about a lot of other things before that. (laughs) Um, anyway, uh, the one final thing I wanted to touch on that you shared in here, there was a question about Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth and the life, and no one comes to the father except through me that he also said, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Um, if what Jesus said was true, would you want to know? Um, usually people say yes or or no or maybe. And you said maybe. Tell me about maybe. Um, for me, so I'm interested in like the story of Jesus and what's written in the Bible. But... As I said, I need proof for everything, and it's just hard for me to prove to to find proof that is convincing to me um, for things that happened thousands of years ago. And I think if I would have something that would convince me that Jesus was real or like that everything really happened how it's written in the Bible. I would like to find more uh, find out more about that. But until I don't have that proof for myself that is convincing enough for myself, I'm not that interested because what if it was a lie, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I'm interested in the stories in the Bible, but I would not sit down and read it I'm interested in people telling me the stories in their own perspective mm-hmm. have you ever stopped to consider what if like the opposite is true like what if the the denial of God is the lie like mm-hmm. and that was the thing um, have you ever like looked at it that way no nope. no nope. not really Mm -hmm. um yeah because as I said as long as I cannot see it Mm -hmm. I'll like use my senses to prove it yeah it's not real for me yeah and that's also the reason I'm so interested in 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 the um reasons for Christians to believe because I think if you, as I said, if you dedicate your life to something, you have to have something that is convincing to you. Mm-hmm. And I think if if that proof 
or like yeah their personal proof is really convincing and may also convince me mm-hmm. and like when i meet people and i find out that they're christians it's not like the first thing i talk with them uh, talk about with them but i'm really interested in finding out more about the reasons for believing in god um yeah would you ever like consider examining your own uh, skepticism with faith? Like thinking of it in a sense of maybe what I believe isn't uh, like, mm-hmm. I don't have proof of what I believe either. Is that something you would ever, because sometimes when I meet people um, who don't believe in God, I think, what is their proof that he doesn't exist? Mm-hmm. Like, um, so if you've never done that before and you're interested and you're going to read that book. So there was one thing, actually, I think I've never talked with you about that. But <laughs> like there was a time in my life where I tried to pray. And I was no, like, no, you did not tell oh, me. Oh, no, this. you know, <laughs> I tried to pray because I thought, OK, if he if he is real, he must give me some signs. Mm-hmm. Like, how should I know that he is real if there's like nothing coming or like nothing obvious yeah and i tried it but nothing came back so that was like the end of the story for me what how old were you i don't know maybe it was like three or four years ago okay and um, i didn't really have like a reason i guess like a reason to like find out if he's real or not it was more like okay i see a couple of friends believing and more and more people that I that I know believe in God. And if so many people do that, there must be some truth. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think that so many people would live like in a lie, you know? And I try to tried to prove myself that God is real, but nothing came back. Because one of my friends told me, sometimes when I pray and I ask for signs, like for example, if she she has to make like a big decision or something, she sometimes asks for signs. And she said, you know, sometimes there are just like the weirdest things happening to me after... I reached out to God and that was my sign. And I thought, well, if she receives signs, why shouldn't I receive some? Yeah. And I tried, but nothing came back. When you say you tried, like, what did that look like for you? Was it like, it felt weird. Yeah. Because I, I don't know. It, it was like the first time I tried to pray, but then I was like, okay, what if, nothing came back because I didn't really like believe that he really exists Mm. I was just trying and then I I thought well maybe if you really believe in God and then you pray he gives you something back because he know that you believe in him Mm. and maybe that was the reason that I didn't like believe enough Mm. Man, that makes me think of a scripture verse yeah. that talks about that, actually. And I, oh, man, I'm going to take it out of context if I try to speak it here. But something about um, 
believing that God exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Um, oh man, I'm going to have to look that up now. Uh, cause now I need to know the context, yeah. but, um, I do know, and I've shared this with you before, um, that when we truly desire to know him, um, the Bible says that when we seek him, we'll find it when we seek mm-hmm. him with all our heart. Um, and I don't know why God didn't answer you in that moment. Um, I think so little depends on our personal effort. <laughs> um, but I'm looking at you right now and I'm wondering, could this be part of the answer mm-hmm. to your prayer mm-hmm. from three years ago? <laughs> Welcome to the Finding Something Real <laughs> podcast. I don't know. <laughs> because it got me really frustrated. Yeah. Like when, when I didn't receive anything mm-hmm. back. Yeah. And I was like, I tried. I tried really hard, but it was just nothing. And yet here you are having a conversation yeah. about this. God. <laughs> yeah. All right, Leonie, final question. The Finding Something Real podcast is about finding something real. Restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. Those are all things that I, as a Christian, believe in their truest form are found in relationship with Jesus Christ. Restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. If that were true, that he really did offer those things in relationship with him, um, which stands out the most to you in your life right now and why? Or which would you find most compelling about the Christian faith and why? Mm, I think love. Just because from my experience in this family, I think believing in God gives you a lot of love or like makes you feel loved or like that someone is just there listening to you and being there for you mm-hmm. if you need him. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just really important for everyone to experience a certain amount of love to be happy and to live like a fulfilled life so if he is real i think love would be the most important part for me Well, Leonie, you've asked some excellent questions. You've made my work cut out for me here. And I hope that you're still around when I get to talk with some people about mm-hmm. these questions because I want you to give them a hard time too. We could. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Thank you for I being here. You. All right. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This season, we are inviting young women to join me as they share their personal stories and ask honest questions or share objections to the Christian faith. We hope to feature a different story each month and then invite Christian guests on to share from their own journeys and experiences and maybe answer some of those questions in follow-up episodes. Friend, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is still in the restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love business. I know not everyone has experienced that, but if you're curious at all, 
at whether there's something real to be found in Jesus. I invite you to come back next week as we continue on a journey towards finding something real in relationship with Him. Until next time.